welcome back to Save by the Spell. Uh, as I already am knocking things over on my desk, that's perfect. Anyway, <laughs> I'm very excited today because I have a special guest and what I'm hoping is helpful for the listeners out there. I, I think it's going to be a really fun conversation. Um, I'm really excited to introduce Marissa to you today, but I would like Marissa to introduce herself. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Um, my name is Marisa de la Peña. I am an artist, researcher, graduate student currently, um, and also a divination practitioner. And I'm really excited to share my cringe and my <laughs> my fails with all of you. <laughs> and you are a deck creator as well. Yeah, I am a deck creator as well. Um, haven't created one in a minute, been on an, a bit of a break, but there might be something in the works. Mm -hmm. Well, I have to say, I love, love your art and your vision and the, and I'm going to apologize because I think there's sirens going by um, and I'm not stopping, <laughs> but, um, uh, and especially just seeing your journey with your art with, and with your magic, you know, and that has, I feel like super excited to get to know you on this journey. Like as we've gotten to know each other over the, like what the last two, three years now. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so, probably yeah. like the past three years, three, I think. Yeah. I think I met you in 2018 or 2019. Yeah. yeah. I think right before 2020 and we started yeah. hanging out more and yeah. And pandemic. just, and then, yeah, <laughs> then everything shut down. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And just seeing like, your commitment to your creative process and making your art, you know, just putting it out there. It's so vulnerable um, to put our hearts out on our sleeves and to be like that transparent about things that perhaps, you know, most people don't want to look at, you know, it's like being able to take accountability um, in a very real way like, which I admire about you in this, like, sense of you, you, you know how to look at your things and objectively, even if in the moment, maybe in the second, you're like, uh, I feel this way, but you don't leave it as like, I don't know. I just love your, your ability to look at it and look at it for what it, you know, where, where your feelings are valid, but then also you are so proactive with questioning, um, you know, what's underneath it. And that is so important, I think, um, for humanity to be able to like, and to do that, you know, anyway, I don't know if I'm making sense. I'm yammering. Oh, That's no. my jam today <laughs> is yammering. Um, <laughs> No, thank you. Um, yeah, I feel like my process has changed a lot, especially in the past three years, even especially in the past couple months, you know, I feel like a lot of us have gone through this really great change or are approaching a great change in ourselves. Um, I think it's greatly needed, especially after, you know, this bandusa and like what it's done to us and how it's made us feel. And I think it's really put a lot of things into better perspective and what we value. Absolutely. And definitely has greatly affected my practice, my spiritual practice, my artistic practice, um, my life and how I interact with people. Um, and it kind of felt like a tower moment. I would probably compare 
everything that's happened for in the past couple of months as like a tower moment, but greatly needed. So yeah. I am okay with, you know, being dragged <laughs> cosmically right now. Right. It's, it's well, needed. yeah. And that tower, I mean, towers, I think a lot of people are frightened of them, but they're so liberating, right? Because they it really, really are. Just, it detaches you. It's like the ultimate cord cutting <laughs> from everything yeah. you thought was important. So, well, the the main purpose, like why, you know, I really wanted to have you grace us today with um, this episode is literally the show is called Saved by the Spell. I mean, a lot of the, you know, purpose of this podcast and the reason it started was to share about magic. And then, you know, as things evolve and change and I've evolved and changed in the world, like it's become more than just like, here's how to do this. Here's how to do that. Um, but through a series of text conversation between you and I talking about spell work and talking about our, you know, spell fails, like, you know, spells gone sideways. <laughs> um, we just thought it would be really helpful and perhaps impactful to talk about spell work and consequences and, you know, what can happen when we are reactive um, with our magic. So we definitely wanted to share some kind of bloopers around spells, not just the, you know, the success stories, because you hear a lot of people talk about manifesting and like things happening and and there's just so much more nuance that goes into that. So <laughs> um, I don't even know where to begin. You know, actually, I'd love to hear if you feel comfortable sharing. Um, can you share maybe perhaps a spell that you felt was successful? Ooh. Ooh. Actually, I had something recently happen. Okay. And I think sometimes there are moments where we have to pause our spell work. We have to pause our, and you know, us putting out intentions into the universe because either it's just cosmically not aligned or it's time for us to actually sit in our bodies and reflect on things. And I felt like this was a moment for me and I was having all of these strange dreams and I was talking with my sister and I was like, you know what I really regret not doing when I lived in Europe was going to Greece. I really want to go to Greece and I really want to travel to Greece. And I just kept putting that little thought in my head. I'm like, that'd be a really cool trip. You know, it'd be really nice if like me and my sister or just like by myself did like a research trip to Greece and just traveled and enjoyed myself. And then in two weeks later, I was offered an opportunity to go to Greece. So I think that me, you know, taking the time especially during that period of time, I was just like focusing on my graduate program, like the responsibilities of like my, my real time life, you know, still paying like homage to my altar space, of course, and, you know, mm -hmm. being grateful, but I wasn't purposely chasing any sort of um, good fortune or mm -hmm. actively praying for something um, or putting that intention on the universe that I wanted something in my life at that moment. Mm -hmm. um, and I find that the more and more I do spell work, I'm more blessed when I'm more centered and I'm not asking a lot of the universe. Right, totally. Do you remember the first like spell you ever did? Do you remember? I remember mine. 
Oh, vividly. Completely. (laughs) Completely. Um, And I think that a lot of us can thank practical magic for that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to go into details about the spell, but I definitely think that it inspired this little nerdy 11 year old witchy girl Mm -hmm. to go to the library and get a book and (laughs) mess around. Cute. Yeah. And I felt so empowered, you know? I felt like I I had something that other people didn't have. Totally. And, and I felt important and I felt special. Yeah. The first spell that I did and like consciously, like this is a trip. Um, I'm like, oh my God. It was 19, was it 96 or 97? I can't remember. It was 96 or 97. I remember I was only like 19. So I had to be like 96. Um, I was like totally in love with someone who was so inappropriate for me. Um, (laughs) but we had, uh, I mean, looking at it now and the age difference is very, I can see how it's very creepy, but, um, this person, they had a drug addiction problem and I used to go get readings. Like, um, I, I taught myself cards, but like I, I would go get readings at the the local metaphysical shop in, um, Providence where I was like, well, one of them was called, there was a place called the psychic eye. Um, not the psychic eye. Oh my God. That's here. Pyramid books. That's what it was. It was on Thayer street in the nineties. By Brown and RISD. So you'd have to go over the east side, go to Pyramid Books, and it was just like a dusty New England, you know, magic shop with like a black cat that lived at the shop and like these ladies that did readings and stuff. Anyway, poor Tracy, I still remember her. I used to go see her and she was like, I told her about this person. They, you know, they had drug issues, they were a musician. I lost touch with them. Basically, they disappeared. And she's like, I have a communication spell for you with her accent. She's smoking a cigarette. She's like, this is what you got to do. <laughs> like, So um, I actually, this spell, I include it in my Cuttering the Cord book because it, is the, the, it was my first time doing a spell that like someone gave me this spell to do. So it was, I wrote him a letter and just said like all of my feelings, like the good, the bad, the ugly. And then she's like, and then you're going to burn it in a saucepan. <laughs> and then she flush the ashes down the toilet. And I was like, all right. She's like, so the, the pencil and the, the paper are like, you know, earth and air. Then you got the fire and then you have the water. <laughs> so I, the toilet and the toilet. <laughs> so I did it. I did the spell. And then um, like the next day I got a call from a payphone call from this guy. And we had a really weird like psychic connection anyway, but he was like, I got your message. I'm all right. And I was like, (gasps) (laughs) and um, I was like, magic is real. Like, I mean, I had known magic was real, but like I could never connect it to the physical until that moment you know like there was always like this impossible or invisible trust that I had to have with magic this was the first time I was able to actually physically participate and see a result so of course I was like 
oh, I've got to keep doing this, you know? So that was, yeah, that was an interesting time, but I really want to talk about when magic goes awry, right? Like, um, because not enough people talk about like just the disasters that can happen, right? Like, no, they don't. And, <laughs> you know, it can range from like the hilarious to the, oh no. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Especially with, um, you know, one of the things we talked about was like love spells, right? Like, yep. mm-hmm. um, and what a nightmare love spells can be. Like, I personally don't advise doing love spells, especially like specific, like on people. You know? Completely. Um, I definitely agree with that because they can't consent to it. And sure. also, you don't know what the results are going to be of that. Um, I mean, it's also, again, I think like any spell work where the other party isn't aware of what you're doing, it's just like never great. It doesn't, it doesn't end well, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, love spells, I feel like are very messy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they can tether you to people completely um, and all of their stuff. And, and it, and also again, it's like manipulation. I know that a lot of magic, you know, it bore, there's a line of, um, and I'm not anti like bringing more love into your life or like mm-hmm. doing like honey jars and things like that to like bring sweetness in or bring, um, bring, you know, more of that, like maybe to bring in a partner, but you don't like emphasize it on a specific person. Um, because it just goes haywire, you know, like you don't know what that. <laughs> yeah. Um, those ties are real. Like yeah. I definitely have had that things don't do that anymore. But mm-hmm. when I was a, a baby witch with no knowledge uh-huh. of what I was doing, um, those repercussions of being connected to those people and then just feeling so emotionally broken when it didn't work out in my favor, um, mm-hmm. it felt very much harder to get over those relationships. And oh, yeah. I bet. It was difficult. So yeah. what's, um, what's, a, what's a spell gone uh, wacky for you that you would like to share if you feel so um well I definitely uh think that um a love spell going wrong is for real a big one for me I've had that happen to me a couple of times in the past where um those breakups were really difficult and I felt like I was the party that had the hardest time getting over it And of course, me being reactive, what do I do? I immediately go to doing reactive magic, Mm. just making that cord even tighter with the person and just making myself sick Mm. and depressed and just feeling so low. And, you know, I felt like because I had put all of that work, it was easier for this other individual to get over me. But for me, it was so difficult and so hard and yeah, I, I really don't recommend that you do specific love spells. Attraction spells, do that. That's great. Like, yeah. I think we all want to feel beautiful. And we even um, have to be careful yeah. with that, though, too. Because oh, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> I have a really funny one um, with that. So uh, I, I always sing 
magic hour astrology can like their praises brands got this candle line that's amazing and i've had phenomenal experience using their candles right and um (laughs) this is where some kind of attraction stuff can go awry definitely so i i had gotten a sex candle and i was like you know maybe i'm ready like maybe i'm open (laughs) and i I like, you know, had had experiences in the past where I've worked with their candles um, and like had pretty phenomenal results because of my attention, my focus was in it, you know. So I burned this candle and the moment like it goes out, right? Like it burned out. It was like in the evening it burned out. And then I think it was like a couple hours later, I start getting texts from a friend who was like, oh my God, you're never going to believe this. Like I totally hooked up with this handyman, like da, 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 da. And she was like my neighbor, right? And I was like, oh, okay. And then within that hour, I could hear my next door neighbors totally doing it. And I was like, oh my God, what the heck? And then another hour goes by and then a feral horny cat comes to my back door and it's like, and like (laughs) out of control. I was like, wrong species, come on. So it was pretty hilarious. I was like, okay. And then a couple of days go by nothing. And like, you know, like I I didn't even like, there's no date, there's no interest. It was like, I was like repelling people. (laughs) Like it was bizarre. So I contact Bran and I was like, hey, like, this is what happened. Normally these things work. Oh my God. Like this, these are all these things that happen. And they were like, well, like, did you actually set aside like time to create space for yourself to receive? Because if you've got issues receiving, you're letting everyone else get that magic before you do. And I was like, oh my God, all like, I was like giving it away. It was like, I just manifested that for all the people closest to me, including this stray cat, which was like bizarro. So that was definitely like a, Hey, wait a minute moment for me. (laughs) Um, I did have an attraction spell actually go wrong. It was like a a beauty spell. I think I told you about this actually when my hair caught on fire. Oh, (laughs) 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 so I stupidly had put this candle Uh near my fish tank and sometimes the heater on my fish tank will disconnect. Mm -hmm. And so this is just both like, be careful where you place your candles, but also this was don't do spell work like in a retrograde shadow. <laughs> <laughs> and I bend over and I hear like a whoosh noise because yes. I'm trying to fix the um, the plug on the heater of my, my fish tank. And I just smell burnt hair <gasps> and my braid had caught fire. Oh no. And then I, it, at first I was like, oh yeah, my hair is like totally fine. I took my hair out of the braid and I was like, oh my God, I like singed so much of my hair. Had to go get a haircut. Ended up getting the worst haircut I've had <laughs> in a really long time. And I felt so unattractive mm-hmm. because of this sort of flop. Um, but yeah, a lesson in uh, be careful where you keep your candles. Totally. And um, maybe not do spell work in a retrograde shadow. Oh yeah, probably yeah. not. Definitely not a good <laughs> idea. I remember too. I did it. I had done um, a spell to call in like a uh, partnership, like new, like a new new love type thing, because I wanted companionship. And then I ended up calling in a dog sitting gig. 
And it was like, I was like, this is not what I meant. I was like, I want unconditional love. I want companionship. I want to have meals and go on walks together. I was like, thought I was being so specific, but literally I called in a dog walking job. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're not specific sometimes in that spell work, again, you're right. Like it goes elsewhere or it gets like mistranslated. And I've definitely have been like, I want this. And then somebody else gets it. That is like close by to me. Or I see an ex doing it and I'm like, oh, (laughs) darn it, you know? Um, And it's like, yeah, sometimes you have to be really specific with those intentions. And And checking in with yourself to make sure that you are, you know, I don't want to say that you feel worthy, but there has to be an openness to receiving. If you're someone that's got like, you're trying to call in these big things, but you have huge blocks to receiving support, you know, um, you just because you're good at giving doesn't mean you necessarily know how to also receive the things that are trying to come to you. So making sure that those inner things are, are taken care of. Um, you know, I, I feel like in my life, I've had to do a lot of like offense defense magic because people throw shade um that's another thing like I do not even though there's like weirdly some people will like gossip and say like that I did workings on them I'm like I actually don't have time like nor do I want that kind of contractor commitment with you like because that's the other thing you do that working on someone you're signing up to engage with their energy completely and uh in in that note I can mention a fail when it comes to wanting someone to shut up Ooh, tell it <laughs> okay so you know you go into a botanica, you get a tapo de boca candle, you know, like a shut up candle. Um, I lit one to shut up this one person that I just was like, you need to stop talking with, you need to stop having your name in my mouth. Like, like, I, I don't want to hear you talking about me anymore. Um, and I ended up getting strep. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> because sometimes when you put out those ill intentions, even if it's protection in a sense, it will come back. It will come back. And I think that's something else we need to talk about is like, regardless of like whatever positive or negative energy that you're putting out into the universe, it's like a rubber band. It will come back. Totally. It's, um, it doesn't have an agenda really. No, it doesn't. And it's like, it's all energy and meeting Mm -hmm. other energy. So it doesn't care if you are like what your intention was. It's like, you're sending it out anyway. It's, you know, there is, there's an element here of like things needing to respond or react. So don't think you're just like throwing things out into the universe and it's not coming back at you like in a response or in like an echo chamber, you know? Um, I definitely feel like I've had to do a lot of defensive magic for myself over the years, but then I realize that just doing return to senders like isn't always the answer, but you know, sometimes you have to just like bury that stuff or transmute it enough to go, okay, like what, what can I do with this energy to maybe I've heard of people like almost like eating up energy spells that are sent at them, which I think is really interesting. And I, it's something that's been fascinating me. Like Kirby? 
<laughs> kind of. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a couple of people, I know you're not on TikTok, but like there are, there's like a lot of, there's a lot of messy witch talk stuff, but then there's also like, there's some fascinating things that I'm finding on there about like the way people do their magic. And I'm like, whoa, this person's like a death eater. Like, you know, like they just like scoop it up and I'm like, and they're getting empowered by it. Now, do I do that? No, but it, I think it's interesting to see the different workings of different practitioners and how they're going about dealing with baneful magic, you know? Um, uh, but then also there are people that are like, I'm just going to transmute that, or I'm going to, I'm going to deflect, or I'm going to, you know, or I'm going to like elevate that and turn it into something else, which I think also to me, that's what art is. Art is like a spell in that way. We take it, we take this energy or emotion or vision or idea, and then we transmute it into something. Completely. And sometimes like that, you know, you talk about this transmutation thing, I think is really helpful. I think, especially if you're someone with an artistic practice or a practice that, you know, can make something in, in something tangible happen with that energy that's thrown your way. And definitely art is probably one of the best tools for that, in my opinion. And I definitely, whenever I feel stanky or I feel somebody's like throwing some stanky energy on me, I go straight into my studio or I go straight into the library because that's, I have two homes, the library or the studio. Right. Um, and I just, I don't allow that energy to get me down. And it does, it's, there's something empowering about not letting other people's um, ideas of you or, you know, their stanky spell work get to you. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost kind of like out of sight, out of mind where it's yeah. like, if I, if I'm, if you're not really benefiting me, like I'm not really going to give you power because that's ultimately what you want is power. Totally. And that's exactly it. They need that to validate themselves. And the other crazy thing that I heard on TikTok was um, I heard a couple of people saying about some practitioners being kind of super cagey in doing like almost illusion magic where they are casting on other people, but projecting like, um, the avatar of another practitioner. So like, say someone was throwing something at me and I would tune in and I would see someone, but it wouldn't be that person. It would be like, they were like projecting like, or it'd be like, say, say someone threw something at you and you saw it was me doing it, but like, you know, like Marcella's not going to throw it. Oh me. yeah. Right. But like what it was, was somebody was projecting my image, like as though I'm doing it, like, which is so shady to me. That's bad and medicine. It's super bad medicine. And I think like, it's funny cause I think about it now and I, I think about how like, I wonder how many times, like some of these people like who've accused me of doing workings on them, like, like, was that what was going on? Or was it like, um, you know, I've also had, like, I have my wards that I work with. And um, what's funny is I've had someone, well, I've had a couple of times people were like, oh, like I tried to connect to you. And I saw, like, they, they saw one of my wards and I was like, good. They're like, I saw something really scary. And I was like, oh, it's my ward protecting me. It's not, it should be scary to you if you're coming here with ill intent, <laughs> right? So that that says something too. Like when you're doing kind of any kind of, I think, magic, whether it is 
a positive, technically a positive spell or not, I think you should definitely make sure that you're tuning in and checking in with your wards, your guides, your, you know, the containers that you're creating. Cause when you're not creating these like supportive, healthy containers, regardless of what the spell work is, like it becomes leaky and unboundaried and perhaps harmful. Um, and, um, and also spell work is not Amazon prime. Oh my God. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, cause you know, even our, our, our rants about TikTok yes. spell work where it's like, you know, it's literally a linear sort of idea of like, well, if I do this, then I get this it's done. And it's like, no, anytime you ask a request of something, there's an exchange. Yeah. You don't get things for free. You have to <laughs> honor, you have to build a relationship. There's protocol. Um, and I think that, you know, that sort of mentality of this sort of social media, which without this conversation um, is really leading people to do really absent-minded magic. Yeah. Or they're working with like deities and things that they have no relationship to yeah. and yeah. demanding, like ordering them around, like their, their personal chefs. And it's like, yeah. it doesn't work like that. My friend, you have to build a personal relationship and it takes years and years to do that. And, you know, you're, you're figuring things out. And I think that while this sort of platform of sharing information is super helpful and, you know, allowing people to find accessible ways of learning more about magic, it's really kind of giving a very, you know, boxed in curated idea of what it's supposed to be or what it's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And it keeps people from doing their own work. Right. I feel Um, like the best magic comes from us doing the labor, us doing the work. And that's not necessarily constantly asking and petitioning. That's honoring, taking time, Mm -hmm. you know, learning more about ourselves, you know, us ourselves are vessels of magic. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, which has something that has really brought in my idea of spell work and magic work is learning more about astrology, learning more about my chart and how I can work with that energy um, and work with the energy of the cosmos yes. to, to help navigate, you know, my practice. And, you know, but that took years and years and years of getting there. Um, and I feel like this sort of ne- like this Russian need Mm-hmm. of wanting information now it's mm-hmm. like that's not how magic works it isn't and i love that like you've gone to your chart and like looked at those elements as to see what works best for you and you know and that's the other thing is i i've always like at this point in my life cuz people are like oh why don't you just do some work like you know some workings around it and i'm like because i could do the working but what happens when I get the thing and it's not the thing that I need or want, or, you know, ultimately, like I have to really ask myself all the times I didn't get what I wanted. I have to go in and go, well, why didn't I get that? Because maybe it's not the thing I truly want. Maybe the thing I truly want is a hidden under the surface or under those layers or under the therapy I need to do, or, you know, like thinking that, there is a shortcut. The shortcuts, they just, they're not long lasting. And, and when they do happen, it's because like, yes, maybe I can, I can pull something together and it can happen quite quickly. And I'm, it's, I'm focused, but it also took like two decades to get to to an understanding of what do I even want, you know? And, and I think some of the problems that 
arise with some of this messy, you know, social media magic is it's very reactive and it's very rooted in the moment of what, what is trending or what is now, you know? And I think that that's also a dangerous game when you have really young people who want certain things, but that want, I've changed so much. Like, like you even said, like even the last few months, like, or, you know, it's like, it's the evolutionary cycle of what I used to think at 20 that I wanted to what I want now is vastly different. Um, you know, even just within a few months, it's vastly different. Um, but at the same time, I think the more we can be really honest about what we are trying to call in with magic and work in co- like collaboration with it, instead of demanding it to do what we want, like we're ordering it around. Um, if we can work in harmony with it, I think that's when, why and when things work. So Those are just my thoughts. (laughs) No, I completely agree. I mean, I think that we all need to be at this sort of grounded place um, in ourselves. And we need to do that outside of our magic practice work, you know, the human work. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that a lot of us tend to think that it's only about the magical practice and the spiritual practice. And it's like, no, if the university is that you're putting in the effort and putting in the love and care in your reality, Mm -hmm. you will be blessed. Like you, things will, things will make more sense. Things will work more because you're not constantly pulling this sort of slot machine handle and demanding and demanding and demanding, because I think that it's really easy, especially in our early practice to think that's how magic works. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't. And honestly, you know, me having to do my, my big girl work outside of my spiritual practice has greatly benefited my magical practice because I'm laying down a foundation for myself that, that feels good and grounded. So absolutely. And I think that that's really wise advice for people to really take heart with when they're like considering their practices and and what they've got coming up. I mean, I know that I, I don't, I, there was a period where I was doing like a ritual every like friggin' moon cycle. And like, then it's been like months and months and months off, but I'm excited to kind of like start to move forward as the planets start to move forward to, to be more intentional with my spell work and, um, you know, and, in and how I bring magic like into my reality. So, um, is there anything else before we say goodbye for today? Is there anything you would like to share? Um, and thank you so much for spending some time with us all today. And, um, yeah, just, is there anything advice wise that you would give to a budding young practitioner or even a not necessarily young, but newer, uh, to the craft practitioner? I would say that you should treat magic like a driver's license where just because you have it doesn't mean that you should, you know, be reckless with it. It's a lot of responsibility as a practitioner. And, you know, um, think about, do I really need to make this into a spell or is this something that I need to sit with? Is this something that I need to reflect on? Am I being reactive? Trust me, reactive magic does not make for long lasting, sustainable changes. So I think that 
for any practitioner, you know, it's okay to slow down in your practice. It's okay to take your time and, you know, figure it out. You don't have to jump into the spell work immediately. Find what resonates with you, you know, talk to different practitioners, um, you know, talk to people in your community, make friends. Um, I think that it's really important to just kind of like get your feet on the ground first before you start, you know, getting way ahead of yourself. And again, it's okay if you have these breaks of not doing spell work. I mean, I've definitely gone like months and months and months without doing anything. And I think that that's kind of helpful at times, you know, it gives me time to recharge myself. So, yeah. And also don't, don't be on social media all the time. Get out that doom scrolling, you know, um, read, Mm -hmm. read some books from the library, you know, go to, go to your local metaphysical shop, you know, meet people in your magical communities. So that's perfect. I love that. Well, thank you again for your time and your wisdom and sharing all that you do here and um, online when you are able to show, show us like peeks into your world. How can people find you or keep up with your work? Um, well, right now I'm on a social media break because okay. I have to take a break. I think breaks are great. I think that we all need time away from the screens. Um, but I'm the only social media that I am on is Instagram and it's my name, Marisa De La Pena, M-A-R-I-S-A-D-E-L-A-P-E-N-Y-A. Perfect. Thank you. And I will link the, um, all that information in the show notes. Thanks again for being here. Thank you all for listening. Be good to each other. Mm -hmm.